Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Sanjeev Goa from Peak Cannabis and I'm so excited about our first ever episode and we have some amazing guests today. We have Gerald and, and James from CFAM and my colleague Sandra and I'll leave them to introduce themselves. Hi. Hi, thanks, uh, Dr. Goyle. It's really a pleasure to be here. Um, my name is Sandra Kuto. I'm a clinical pharmacist, uh, and I work uh, closely with uh, with uh, patients uh, in uh, the community setting. Uh, Gerald Major. So I have a few different roles. Kind of uh, overall, I'm a patient. I live with uh, ankylosing spondylitis and psoriatic arthritis. So I, I do a lot of advocacy in the arthritis space and. Um, my role here today is with uh, CFAM, so I'm the Vice President of um, Canadians for Fair Access to Medical Marijuana. And I'm James O'Hara, President and CEO of Canadians for Fair Access to Medical Marijuana, or CFAM. Uh, I'm a patient myself, and uh, we're here to talk about lots of exciting patient-related issues today. Awesome, thank you so much. And, and you know, I thought this is, this is a very timely discussion. I had a chance to meet uh, Gerald and, and James a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, my God, it's so good to hear from um, actual people who, patients who are using cannabis to understand what are the ch types of challenges we're facing. I'm, sometimes as a physician, I'm prescribing cannabis, but I don't really know what's really going on. And I'd like to, that's why I've kind of brought them onto the show and got Sandra's viewpoint as well, to get really get a sense of what's happening out there. Um, you know, because cannabis is changing, medical cannabis is changing landscape right now, completely in healthcare. And we want to figure out you know, what, what are the type of roadblocks that are happening? What's the good stuff that's happening? Make sure that we get your feedback as well on the show and we can move things forward. And uh, really to support patients, right? Yeah, um, for sure. How do we mobilize healthcare professionals to really get behind um, supporting patients and ensuring that they have the best strains, the best doses to specifically treat their symptoms, right? So there's a huge opportunity, a gap, but a huge opportunity, I think. Yeah. Which is, which is great because that's exactly what yeah. pa patients need. And you know, you, you touched on, on the strain selection part mm -hmm. of it. That really is a bit of a challenge. It's certainly in terms of the affordability part of it yeah. too. So we know that you're, you folks are actually working on that and have some good good testing uh, processes available today, which is great. That's really gonna help help patients. So we're really interested to hear about mm -hmm. that today. And I'm sure our, our patients watching are as well. Yeah. So what's the number one thing you're hearing from people about difficulties with accessing medical cannabis, what's the number one issue? Yeah, so um, so if you think about access, access is a bit of an umbrella term, and under access, if you think about affordability. Mm -hmm. So really the number one thing is affordability, and the most pressing component of affordability really is taxes today. Mm -hmm. That That is a significant issue because taxes are, are adding a lot to, to the cost. So the, roughly about 60% of patients underdose today simply because of cost. So Can you give us a sense to our viewers of what does it cost? I mean, there might be people who never tried medical cannabis. And well, sure. Cannabis is actually cost. You want to give it a range? Yeah, yeah I mean, range, but. okay, so for the average, maybe the average patient that can have relief on small doses, then, I mean, you're probably talking in the range of uh, $20 a day, um, which is, I mean, that's, that's a smoking habit or that's a, a drinking habit, right? Yeah. Um, and does that encompass all of the different but dosages? Then, Is it? But then, then that's where it gets tricky, okay. right? Then you right. start to, if, if you're a true medical patient, and I mean, like like someone like me that's on one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year in pharmaceuticals, mm -hmm. and gradually coming down from that, it's like I need big doses, I need high doses, I need different forms of administration. So that's, I mean, it's just completely unaffordable right. um, to even to to get to the diseases like AS or 
or psoriatic arthritis or just aggressive diseases in general. It's just so hard to get at because a patient is first having to navigate, mm-hmm. try to find all this stuff by mm-hmm. different types of apparatuses. Try. I, I just came off of uh, September 1st. I kind of took it upon myself to start testing strains and, and trying to find strains that would work for me. So I've done many strains since September 1st and some of them, quite frankly, they're throw, throwaway. They don't work for me. Uh, they may work for someone else, but how does a patient that already can't afford their medication, yes. um, how do they, I've come down 75% off my opioids in the last two years. And opioids that costs, are pain medicines, uh, narcotic yeah. pain medication. So, so that costs me money. That's uh, great. Every time I do stuff like that, it costs me money. All these strain selections that I go through, it's costing me money. Not all strains are going to work for me. So tech, quite honestly, I mean, there's certain strains there that I have that I won't use the rest because either the effect is not what I want or mm-hmm. it's actually negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're asking patients to navigate this whole system, piece it all together, um, quarterback their healthcare team for, you know, that for once in their lives. Care. I mean, that whole circle <laughs> of care is actually yeah. very present right now in Absolutely. patients. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't all have the tools in which to do that, right? So I try to get on the street and the grounds and I'm fortunate enough to have access to these types of things. So I try to figure it out myself. Uh, and then people like you come along and actually try We've to figure it out. We've got some great tools, yeah. Uh, yeah, with tests. So uh, all this kind of stuff helps. But in cannabis specifically, it's very much, you said um, when you came on, is that you want to close the loop and understand what's actually happening after yes. you prescribe. and. Yes. And I feel the same way because I want to know how you're prescribing. Mm. So we're, we're, we're very much active in this, in our, in our care, medical cannabis patients. Um, and we need this type of support. So this is fantastic. And I think, I think the, the other key, key point going, going back to the actual cost part of it. Yeah, as yeah. Gerald said, it, it can range anywhere. If, if a patient has, has a lowish dose, it like can range from, yeah, it can gram. range from a couple hundred dollars a month to, yeah. to maybe a thousand and mm-hmm. possibly more. Wow. But the really important part too is, is, is not just, you know, the amounts. So the fact is that for the most part, and I'm talking 98% of, of patients out there today, don't get medical cannabis covered by, by their insurance. Right. So it's completely out of pocket, right? Mm-hmm. And and that, that that really is a significant challenge, which again is forcing patients to underdose in order to meter their dose throughout throughout the uh, months. So yeah, I've had difficult. a number of patients come to me and said, you know what, you know, I was able, I've had to come off my cannabis because I couldn't afford yeah. it, and I've had right. to go back onto my pain medication right. because I guess can't afford it. Exactly, and, and you know, and, and, and we're in the middle of an opioid crisis. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we understand exactly. that's not that's wrong. Right. And but I think that, that to your point, though, I think if we can start to collect some of the clinical evidence that is documented in clinics like Spark, sure. where we're for collecting sure. uh, clinical outcomes of patients who are on medical cannabis and then using that data to uh, influence policy decision makers, Correct. insurance companies, Correct. that real world evidence is actually going to be very, very important, especially in this space, because, you know, doing a real RCT, randomized clinical trial in cannabis is probably, you know, right. not going to happen. Right. So I think to your point, I think that's going to evolve and change. And hopefully uh, we can start to use the clinical evidence to really get patients sure. sure. uh, access sure. under their uh, insurance. And, and, and that's, a, that's a terrific point, because that's what we hear most often as well, is is, is the insurance companies are looking for something. I mean, they don't really have a reference point because it's still kind of new mm-hmm. and they're kind of challenged to, to have that comparison and, and, and hard data on what's actually happening, how, how should, it's helping a patient. Yeah. So 
So anything that you can do in order to support that case for mm -hmm. a patient to then to apply for coverage is huge. How can a person go, let's say if they want to find out their coverage, how should they do that? To just contact the insurance company, how should they yep. make the case so, that hey, this is important, this is going to get covered or not? Right. So, so, so there's that? a number of different different ways that you can do it. What, what we tell patients straight off, yes. but the, the, the easiest thing, mm -hmm. frankly, is depending on what your insurance plan is, but oftentimes insurance plans will have HSA or health, health spending accounts. Right. Health spending, so, yeah. That's right. So we would encourage patients to first of all tap into their health, health spending account. That's a very discretionary pool yeah. that they've got allocated to them. Right. And then after that, talk to the insurance company in terms of what, what they need. Maybe I'll just take a, yeah, a little sure. something about the health spending account. So there's this, it's special, right. basically a free for all account that you can, you have some ability to spend on what you want. Correct. And, right. and, and it's the easiest way to get coverage. And you. sometimes because it's about $1,500 yeah. 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 a year, right? Yeah. So yeah. you can use yeah. that yeah. to discretionary. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the, the point there too is there's a lot of patients who don't know that they can do that. Correct. Right. right? Yeah. So we really want to communicate that and let them know that look, it's available to you. You know, maybe it mm -hmm. depends on what kind of kind of coverage you have, mm -hmm. but certainly check it first. Right. Have we already talked about, is, do we have a time pressure to do this test here? No, is I think this, we should. Uh, has it already gone on? Has the test already we've, gone? We've done one, but I think we could maybe do one if, if, uh, if you're up for doing a sure, test. Sure. Um, Gerald, you mentioned about strain selection and that you had just gone through having a number of different strains. And how how did you do that? You personally, did you use a test or did you just do that on your own to figure out which strains actually worked for you? Were you doing it for therapeutic benefit or? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's completely that. I mean, um, the more you're into uh, your treatment plans, I mean, you look for everything. So it's not just cannabis I'm looking for. It, it's, it's all the little things. When I talk to people, I like to understand the one or two things that they like to do because I, I want to take those, right. right? I've got my two or three different things um, that I share with people, right? And the thing about it is in, in the, today's patient needs a lot of tools, right? Just as we respond differently to different medications, we respond differently to different treatment options, right? right. So I need thousands of tools and maybe I'm going to end up um, using 20 of them. Right. But we just, I mean, so the, the whole strain selection is I just, I still haven't been help, happy with my health. Um, there's still something missing That's in missing. these places. And when you have a physical condition with a mental condition and you're using cannabis, it's very, very tricky because right. what's good for pain may not be great for anxiety. So if I can find sure. strains of cannabis with compounds in them, and if I can take the secondary compounds and make those the compounds or the terpenes that are going to help my mental, uh -huh. then I find I can still attack my pain hard right. with, with a high THC, but not suffer mentally from it. Right. Okay. Um, and then I started finding that I'd actually get an uplift on my mental mm. at the same time as handling my pain. So this is, so this is that is what where... they call the entourage effect? Is that what they call yeah. it? Is that... Yeah, I mean, full plant extraction, as much as you can get in a plant is probably going to work out right. better. Um, and then if you can understand those different compounds and, and we, we kind of understand from um, patient lived experiences right. and patient reported outcomes, um, we know certain things are better for certain things, right. right? So if you can just be smart around your selection, it'll end up saving you money um, and it'll end up making your treatments. Right. Uh, much better. And I think well, we're, we're just to just, just to add to that too. I think the other the other tricky part is that you know, is, is patients oftentimes we're kind of forced into understanding what's behind the chemovar and what the terpene profile is and so on. So there's there's, there's a kind of sometimes a bit of a technical layer to it mm -hmm. that, that that some patients just don't want to deal with. 
they don't want to really get into the you know the, the sort of bits of, of it all and understanding how, how everything's working so mm-hmm. so anything that helps direct them in into a certain strain or a right. certain area is 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 is, is really good. and even for the physicians right i mean right. having sure. to choose sure. all of the various strains and by their names it's, it's exactly. really hard exactly. so um, exactly. it, this is really exciting um this tool is something that is being offered at, at spark as uh, spark Canvas. Yeah. did you want to yeah, yeah I, I think we should talk about this for a few yeah. minutes yeah. i think we should even for the viewers make sure there's any questions out there we yeah. should take them and um you know, I, I want to even, I think some of the words we're using, I wonder if some of our viewers may have some questions about, but uh, sure. I think first here about the, this test we have is that, you know, to help with the strain selection, now the genetic testing is available that to see, you know, whether you're at risk of of, the, of, um, of a memory uh, problem when you're taking cannabis, uh, whether you're at risk of psychosis. We know that in younger people, that's why we're, uh, you know, we have some somewhat of a contraindication to give people cannabis under 25 is because you know, in younger people, more there they could be more at risk of psychosis. And now we know that if you have a certain genotype, a certain gene, then that that puts you at that risk. Right. So we have a test for that. And the other one is whether or not you're a fast or slow metabolizer for THC. So um, we're going to do that test now. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's going to do the test here? Uh, I think oh, James I think I, I, is, is going to do, do it. Okay. Uh, I just need to get gloves. Uh, can I just grab some gloves? Okay. So there's three swabs here because we're measuring yep. three different <clears throat> enzymes, as Dr. Goyle mentioned. The first one is um, the cytochrome P450C uh, 2C9, and that's the enzyme that is responsible for metabolizing THC. Um, and so uh, depending on how you come back in your test, your uh, normal or uh, moderate or high. Well, definitely not normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to caution you on uh, which strains. The right, second right. one is the uh, AKT1, uh, which again, as Dr. Gold was mentioning, is um, uh, a marker for psychosis. So predisposes you to psychosis. And then if you right. add the effects of something like THC, it certainly increases your risk. And the third one is the uh, COMP, a C-O-M-P, COMT, and that is responsible for, uh, or uh, associated with memory loss. Gotcha. When so, you're using. So when yeah. you're using when, it. Yeah, exactly. I think it's important. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's an important This is all case. part exactly. of the cumulative effect of, gotcha. of, of THC. So, so is, is that why, why there's, there's three, three, three different swaps? Yeah. Okay. And the test can be done uh, at the clinic and the nurse would be assessing the patient who comes in depending on, you know, when they do the evaluation, if they are a high risk, if the nurse feels that, you know, maybe they've had a, uh, a history of, you know, psychiatric uh, disorders, they may want to maybe adolescence. Um, so sure. it, it really will be a very discretionary um, decision, but it is going to be made available for all patients at Spark. Yeah. Uh, and so um, what I'm going to ask you to do, James, is I'm going to ask you to uh, just take that uh, blue the cap blue off yeah. and then it's a buccal test. So it's measuring in your saliva. So you're going to okay. put it in your mouth okay. and you're going to swab perpendicular perpendicular up and down three times Mm -hmm. and then you're going to close the lid back okay and we're going to repeat it for the second one thank you there you go uh and the test is um you can wait for the test results in the office uh or uh you can come back um once the results come back uh, and then the nurse will go over it with you and decide on what strains uh, best suit you. The test gotcha. takes 45 minutes. Um, okay. But again, um, that, you know, we're, we're I think the nurse is, is working through that in terms of appointment times and follow up times. So 
Um, and we are currently offering it right now. We've had some really great feedback. So that's pretty fast turnaround. Like so that's 45 it. minutes you can do, and then we get the results. Right, right? so I'm oh, gonna ask the nurse, Jean. Um, Hi, Jean. Jean. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the takeaways from this is that we have a Thanks, test, Jean. a genetic test that should be done in the clinic. And if you're, uh, it's been offered at, in our clinic, but probably at other clinics as well eventually. And the real amazing thing about this, it's gonna help direct your provider, your, your doctor or clinician to decide, you know, what level of THC is safe for you. Like if you're a slow metabolizer of THC, then you're gonna to want to not take such a high dose of THC. If you're a person who has at a higher risk of psychosis on cannabis, then you know what, you should not probably be taking uh, a high uh, cannabis, a uh, high THC um, strain as well. And, uh, and same with the memory loss as well. Those, so there's, there's some real value here by looking at how can we tailor your prescription according to your genetic makeup. That's great. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what, what, a, what a meta good or fast metabolizer or a slow metabolizer is? What, what does that mean? Okay, so basically like for every, every chemical in your body, as it comes in, THC is one of those, as it comes in, our body goes through a kind of a detox. Like it's, it, you know, it converts it and then you pee it out or get it get rid of it from your body and that's dependent on your on certain enzymes like these are things that just are going out there and cleaning like cleaning yeah, out yeah. your blood in a way. Yeah, your system basically yeah so uh, the liver is primarily responsible for that but there's different places in the body where this occurs and so depending on your makeup you know are you a person who gets rid of this quickly or gets rid of it slowly if it's getting rid of it slowly then it's sticking around a lot and it's building up quicker oh i see so there's people like for example who have uh you know uh, they're fast metabolizer for codeine and they're slow metabolizer for codeine. It means that the same pain medication doesn't work as good on somebody right. as it works on somebody else. Right. This so, happens for all medications, not just cannabis. So how does that translate into, into dosing then? If somebody's a slow metabolizer, what does that mean? And if they're high, what, what does that mean? Well, it's, we, have, we have just guidelines. And in fact, what, what I'm saying is that, yeah, we're not going to likely give five grams a day to right. somebody who's a slow metabolizer. Right. right. Like we're going to start right. with half a gram. Right. I think it's just so, good for the person to know it themselves. So sure, this, sure, sure, sure. as I see it from a patient perspective, this yeah. test now will allow us to get rid of some of this. So the the kind of the saying around the industry has always been start slow and or mm -hmm. start low and, and go, go slow. slow. Yes. Okay. Well, if you have a Here, fast, metab fast metab yeah. metabolizer yeah. that's in chronic pain. Yes. Right. I mean. The, the, the typical thing that you hear is you come in, you get a dose of medication and you're told to come back in three months. Well, mm -hmm. that three months is living hell yeah. right. for someone right. in chronic pain. Right. Right. So they may not make it to three months. Mm -hmm. They may bail and go back to opioids. opioids. Like they yeah. give up. They say uh, it didn't exactly. work. It didn't yeah. work for me. Second, yeah. so, so I mean, this is going to help some people. And, and certainly, I mean, start slow, low and go slow is just mm -hmm. good in general mm -hmm. because then you're not going to sure. over impact those people that can't tolerate it. Right. But you need to do something for the other people that maybe right. can. The other thing I see in this maybe is when you start to say about how fast you metabolize. So this would have, depending on your, if you're a fast or slow metabolizer, this mm -hmm. would have an impact on driving yeah. and working sure. and impairment. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Because you hear patients talk about, well, I can use cannabis and within 10 minutes I can drive and I'm not impaired. I'm more impaired by my arthritis. Awesome. And you have other people that certainly shouldn't be driving. So yeah. this is getting us a lot closer to where patients want to be. This is right. 
the frustration zone that's existed for far too long yeah. in, in and I think the physicians care. too right I think it's going to sure. help them for make sure. informed right. decisions and get right. comfortable in terms <clears throat> of having that discussion with patients yeah. you know there are a lot of physicians out there who still are not comfortable about having that and discussion think, and it's just because sure. the unknown like ultimately right. I did right. I have right. seen patients of mine who are 17 who went had psychosis yeah so then I'm like yeah. okay then I right. shouldn't ever give yeah. to anybody right. Right. for yeah. 17 well that's yeah. not true yeah that's right, right. you know right. there are right. lots of young people yeah. who need it yeah. and, and they don't go to psychosis and if there still Absolutely. are physicians who really don't want to, to right. get behind it then spark is here to help support sure. them in that journey sure. and we you know the, the offerings at the clinic will include genetic testing it will no, look at dosing considerations it will look at strain selection so um i, I mean, this is great for patients and for the clinicians and, and the, the the others there, there is a flip side to this too so sometimes we hear from from patients who, who have started medical cannabis and all of a sudden you know they say hey it's a bit too too much for me. Even if I altered my dosage, it was yep. still a lot. And they oftentimes quit. Right. But this this will help those those folks as well and that sort of percentage, exactly. uh, because oftentimes they then go back to pharma or opioids right. or whatever it is. Uh, whereas it could have been a, a good option for them with the right strain right. and the right dosing, right? Right. So that, that that's one of the things that I, that I look for as well. It's I think not you just what it's going to do, but first help them as well. Positive, because sure. if you, that you first have to, you have to. if it's not you positive, then that patient is really yeah for the yeah. physician and for the patient. Yeah, right? for sure. So, for yeah. Sure. One thing I want to just okay. jump back to, we're talking about strains, and I even for myself to understand this a little bit. Like normally, physicians prescribe like, okay, we want you to take a sativa or indica or hybrid strain. I hope I'm using the right nomenclature and leave it to the patient to go and select <laughs> right, that right, right, from right. all the various right. LP websites. Right, right. So tell me a little bit about your experience. You know, how how reliable is it for patients to go and look at those descriptions of what those strains do and how, you know, does that is that something to go by or how does I know you said it's difficult. You have this a lot is, of testing. So, so this is why I do this and what I do. I mean, my <laughs> previous uh, life, I used to run uh, hedge fund services for North America Citibank. I mean, mm -hmm. so I, I go at things very kind of structured and methodical. methodical. Yeah. Right. And so when I see this problem come up, then I immediately start to try to figure out how I can resolve it. And when others, when, when others won't do things for you, then you should just do it yourself. Um, so, but the knowledge that I've gained, someone, some would say it's been a waste. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. It's been, um, I mean, there is a rec part of cannabis. What other, what other treatment option, what other medication do people enjoy taking this much? Um, we, we spend money and do if tests on it. compliance <laughs> in pharma, right? I mean, there's not a compliance issue here really. Um, but, um, that's, that's why I kind of pieced it together because when you get into something like this, the stuff that you learn that you're not expecting to learn is information that's going to now help other people do these and these tests. And when I see these tests, now I can take the knowledge of hundred strains in the last three months and, and really it, it, it means something and you can actually put it into practice. So how does that, okay, so you've done it, not everybody has the ability or so the, I, I mean, how does someone take the knowledge from your what I would do, I mean, and get it out there? Like that's, that's a problem, right? Like it is, yes, it is, yes. it is. Like there's no and, and, data. And I mean, we're working with yeah. some other companies out there that are trying to collect patient data yeah. and give yeah. it back yeah. in some type of aggregated yeah. manner. Yeah. But, yeah. but right sure. now that doesn't For exist, sure. right? Sure. Like there's nobody has this. Well, I mean, you know, strain, strain, strain prints doing yes. something similar. It's really kind yeah. of um, taking that. I, I just like to do things myself. Mm -hmm. 
but but that's it's really a crowdsourced yeah. kind of so when you've got arthritis pain or or inflammation pain or or eye pain or whatever i mean you just follow those people you run reports follow the, the reports see what strains they're using and then you can kind of you got to bring it down to the compounds mm -hmm. because then once you know the compounds you can build that back up into your strains how does a how does a patient uh again how do they go and get that information let's say from strength let's say I've, I've just given somebody go and get yourself an indica strain one gram a day go to this website how do, how do they go and now pick which one? Do they go to the LPs? Do they go to... Usually we have to, I have to prescribe. Yeah, right. To yeah, go. You're, where, you're, where would they... Yeah, how do know, they get the information? Which one? Yeah, so, you, so, so you're typically going to, going to guide them at least at least a yeah. bit. And they're going to go to their licensed producer. Yes. And they'll, they'll understand at least roughly what, what, what they're looking for. But a lot of it beyond that, frankly, is, is back to the same thing. It's, it's, it's trial and error. Trial. But the other really important point here, when you look at it from, from a patient point, point of view, is <laughs> so, so that they're a patient for a reason. They're dealing with their underlying condition. Right. The last thing that they want to do is put a lot of effort into what do I do, right? So even if this takes them into the area where they can narrow yeah. it down a bit is exceptionally helpful okay. um, because patients are primarily suffering and they want, they, they're looking for, for a solution and they need help to get to that solution. Very mm -hmm. important. So each LP is going to have their patient support program, right? And yeah. they have people that you can call and, so and, and those people are yeah. experienced and they've seen yeah, that they stuff. Know. But um, I, I, I look at it as if, if back in the day, if I were to go into a dispensary and I would be asking someone for this type of information. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the risk for me in, in dispensaries because sometimes it would be great information and sometimes it would just be horrible. So Gerald, you're calling it a dispensary. Are you calling that like a uh, like a pharmacy? Because I know I've heard this, no, the, uh, right? But I think a lot so, of people confuse dispensaries with uh, pharmacies and they're not. Mm, and we no. need to maybe educate right. people on what yeah. that is. Because so, I mean, a, a dispensary sure. really is an illegal um, place to get uh, medical cannabis. I mean, it, it filled a need when right. for years, I mean, we've had a medical program for 20 plus years in Canada. Right. So, I mean, they were part of the fabric. Um, yes, right. in the beginning. So when I when I talk about them, I, I kind of want to take the current LP legal avenue in Canada mm -hmm. with their support program okay. would be the equivalent to what I've spent the last 20 years in um, talking to people and finding out which compound, which strain, which whatever. But I mean, in those methods, it's 50-50 on what kind of information you're going to get and people need accurate information. We talk about the first time user of cannabis. Yeah. If we make it a horrible experience for them, yeah. it could be like me needing a Percocet and taking, or even worse, let's let's say I need a, an antidepressant yeah. med and I take a Percocet instead. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not something that you would want to do. So it's the same thing with cannabis because the beauty of the plant is that it's so complex and it can treat so many different things, but that's also the difficulties or the challenges from a patient's perspective because there's so many different things. It's right. how do you box it in? But well, I, mean, I, I think I think the, you just just remind me of something too. It goes back to even if even if another patient has condition X and it's the same condition as you yes. mm -hmm. and they use strain yeah. Y. It doesn't mean to say that that strain is going to work for you. So right. it goes back to the personalized medicine part of Correct. it where you have to know what works for you. So 
having that data is useful, but only up to a point. Okay. You've got to focus on yourself. That's right. And, and I, that, that, that's what I found too. So it really so is. A, it's, it's still, it's a, very still we have an open, open for sure. field right now. Like for, it's sure. Not, for sure. For sure. So, so, so tool, tools like this will, will help a lot. As yeah. patients now are, um, and as new tools are emerging and we're talking about medical cannabis, um, as patients, are you finding it more comfortable now to disclose to your other healthcare professionals, part of your circle of care? Are you having those discussions more readily? Are you, are you getting the support you need or is there still that, I'm not gonna tell this doctor, but I'm gonna tell this yeah. doctor. And just from a patient perspective, it'd be interesting to hear. So we we hear from, from, from patients that, that, that run every variation of that. Right. It's very unique. It depends on who who their doctor is, what they specialize in, whether they're whether they're there with it or not. So it's it's highly variable to mm -hmm. every, every single patient. And you, you, you run the gamut of, of patients disclosing and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing, it's fine. And by the way, I think generally that's getting better. Okay. I mean, the stigma's Good. reducing, yes. yeah. but it's by far not not there yet. And there's other doctors who don't want to hear about it, they frown on it and so on. And that, that's really the other issue when it comes to patients. Um, and as the demographic ages. Huh. We're gonna take that question in a second. Oh, sure. Okay, thanks, Teresa. We're gonna take your question in a second. Um, and, and, and as that patient ages, what becomes really important as well, going back to the share, sharing of, of, of info, mm -hmm. is understanding what the contraindication potentially right. is of medical cannabis with my blood pressure meds, with my whatever. Right. And that's why we also ad, ad advocate, by the way, for the role of pharmacists in this as well, is because there, there's that knowledge gap also. Absolutely. So anything Absolutely. we can do to help patients in those, those, those areas is really important. Absolutely. So uh, let's take this question from Teresa. Uh, very difficult to understand which strain to use for relief of. That's a that's a hard yeah. one. Relief so, of relief of relief what is a start. Relief of pain. Yeah, yeah the pain she yeah. means. Yeah. Um, but you or know, I think that's anxiety? that's exactly the question we're saying. So I want to ask right. one question about that. So this term of indica, sativa, and hybrid does it even have any meaning? I was reading an article that there's been so much cross, you know, pollination of these plants that. Right. These terms have no real meaning. Yeah, is that true? Like, what? And one's looking, or is one looking at the actual like name of the like Wapa versus something, you know, diesel or whatever. Like, is one looking for those types of names? Or yeah, is one really, looking at re these other. Really, the terpene profile is yeah. more important. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'd say than the actual strain strain name. Okay. Why is that? It's, why, why is well, that? Well, it's it's, it's going to give you the you know the, the real combination of terpenes that they're going to help you in whatever you have. And that, right. that's personally what, what I look at more and more. And the names have become cryptic, right? So mm -hmm. uh, in some cases, again, it may be, may be reasonable, but in others, it's just it's just, just not. So, you know, that, that whole terpene profile is becoming really, so really I think, important. Yeah, so for, yeah, as, as well, though, I mean, for the most part, I still use Indica Sativa I mean, yeah, generally, in, in my framework, sure. right? I mean, for sure. I've gotten to the point now where I kind of common do denominator is compounds and terpenes, mm -hmm. right? So I, I, I'll look for those and then build them back up. And mm -hmm. if you can't build a strain that's exactly what you want, I mean, I, I mix strains quite right. often, right? Right. right. Um, but that's yeah, what patients I mean, do. Yeah, yeah. Right. Often, often. And so we have another question from Linda. Some people are still afraid to speak about or not comfortable to admit they use, uh, yeah. they use cannabis. And what can we do to help patients? Um, is it, I mean, what can we do to sort of break down that uh, barrier or that that wall? Well, those, for those are some of those are you know just behavioral certain kind of um, your personality or, or I mean, maybe you're a private person or right. whatever. But I started telling my doctors, and I was afraid to tell. My, I wasn't afraid. I just I think they would care Cautious. to know. 
Um, but then That's when I word. actually started, I started with my family doctor and I was ready to go to a lawyer, get uh, pay for forms to be filled out. Wow. And this is someone that's been around cannabis for quite a while. Um, but this was three years ago or so. Um, and I mentioned it to him just because I was just wanting to be careful around contraindications, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, yeah, bring in the forms. So that was, I mean, pleasant experience. Mm -hmm. My Then I said, okay, well, I'm going to open it up to everyone because everyone should know. And uh, for some of the ones that I thought I was going to get a, a different reaction, I mean, it was pretty pleasant. It's sort um, of like coming out. It was my, <laughs> yeah. my rheumatologist was next and she said, you know what? I don't understand it. Knock yourself out. But, yeah. and, but, that's, but that's supportive. Yes. Uh, and that's the same thing that I got from... Um, my rheumatologist in Toronto, part of uh, UHN. It was, you know, I don't really know anything about it, but uh, I have no issues with it. Um, and so the, the good thing is, is that now they've seen progression from opioids to cannabis right. and um, they see the health benefits and they see the outcomes. And, and I think that, that that's actually the key is, Gerald's right, is, is that, you know, if you're having a positive experience and, and, and it really worked for you, uh, you, you sh share that because right. the more you share it, the more people right. see, see the benefits of it and Absolutely. they can get it. Absolutely. So it's, it's helpful. Right. I thought I saw so we got Yeah, pain. we got the tail yeah. end of yeah. that and that's, yeah. Yeah, I didn't that's that. a relief yeah. of pain. So yeah. do you want me to start yeah. with that? Yeah, I think yeah, that's about the one. Yeah, so I mean, this is exactly what I what I deal with, right? This is right in my wheelhouse. Um, so I mean, the important thing really to ask, I think, in this is that is there a mental health component to this, okay. right? And mm -hmm. if there's not, and it's just purely pain, then I mean, for me personally, I'd want to know if I'm a fast metabolizer or not. Which we're gonna find out soon. Um, but knowing already, knowing already that I can minutes. tolerate, so mm -hmm. that means I'm a fast, probably a fast. If you can tolerate, then if yeah, I can. Yeah, then you're, you're a fast. fast. But I, but I also get a fact. I mean, it's yeah, not yeah. no. Still. So I mean, for me, I would want to go very high THC. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's exactly what I do and and I try to go as high on that side of it to hit my pain and then when I get into the sativa indica stuff is I still kind of use um, sativa during the day it doesn't mm -hmm. burn me out it's, it's uplifting it's energizing uh, it's what I'm using right now mm -hmm. and then um, and then the THC I'll save just for nighttime or when my appetite's not great or would when you, I need to be. So, do you use the indica at night? Would you because it's a little yeah, more. I do. Standard. More, yeah. uh, sedating and relaxing during the day, right? So. We should so, jump in about the CBD, though. Yeah, everyone, CBD. Everybody's talking yes. about CBD. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, but that's the important part is, is when I can get a strain where I have a high THC percentage mm -hmm. um, and then a percentage, so say like a 22 to 24 mm -hmm. type THC, yeah. and then I get a 2.5 to 3% CBD. Mm -hmm inside of that mm -hmm. and then also you know some of those other com compounds like cbn or mm -hmm. something like that that you're not going to get as much but if it's around a 0.5 or so like that's a really good balance um but then i mean well that's very interesting right. because i that's mean right. i've seen from our from our experience that you know we're pro prescribing a lot of you know high cbd oils right. Right. i mean that's right. what i'm seeing a lot right. of you know people with yep. arthritis seniors yeah they were giving yeah uh, how yeah. are you seeing effect with those types of you know, oh, oh for sure. And by work. the way, again, you, you hit on a really key point. I think it's really important to understand the societal change that we're facing. Yeah. There's more patients that are looking like me, you know, because, we're, you know, the population is getting, getting older. And, and, and patients are oftentimes looking for a solution where they can have medical cannabis, but you got to 
understand too, you, you don't necessarily have to get high or you're gonna get high as a result of it. Right. CBD is is, is 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 not only a great option for that, but it, but it, it, it helps you achieve homeostasis, which is the most important point, mm-hmm. and just keep things So you, don't, you uh, don't get that high effect from the CBD no. that you would from the THC. No. Right. I think I usually- There'll be THC in it, that, Depending on the the ratio, right. you know, Hybrid, you, you, you may feel well. You, you'll get them in sort of one to one or four to one, right. mm-hmm. twenty five to one, and so on. Yeah, and you know, I, I typically use a four to one at uh, okay. night because for, for for me too, the, the the interesting thing is if I go super high C- CBD, if I go to twenty five to one or rare occasions at hundred to one, you can't get that very often. But mm-hmm. I find it's very alerting, and actually, I don't sleep. Oh, right. ah. but in other people, it, that 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 doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I have to get that ratio right. So for me, a one to one or a four to one works really, really well. And the genetic test is coming on CBD metabolism as well. It's just not so perfect. Ready yet, perfect. But it's coming. Perfect. So yeah. that's that's, good. that's, that's good. really important. As well. Really yeah. important. So it's nice to cover off the people that actually do respond to low doses of CBD. Mm-hmm. That, that's great. But then let's talk about the people that really don't. Right. Um, so in my instance, I mean, I'm not really a CBD user outside mm-hmm. of inhaling as part of my THC. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done CBD, CBD isolate. Um, I've done smaller doses of, um, of CBD oil. Mm-hmm. And... I've been told that I'm probably going to need in between six and eight hundred milligrams a day. Wow! Um, so I think the I think the the most potent CBD oil right now per mil uh, legally in Canada is around a hundred milligrams per mil, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm needing six of, of those, CBD. that's a lot of money. That's, that's cost. Yeah, and, and so taxes and when you look at when you look at CBD right now and THC in Canada, and it's, it's such a young market, they're really in direct competition of each other. So mm-hmm. it makes then the dosing mm-hmm. end up similar because your affordability. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's if you're responding on low doses of CBD, mm-hmm. maybe you're a fast, fast slow metabolizer, slow, slow, slow metabolizer, right. um, and then so I mean for the people like me that need really ten times the amount mm-hmm. of CBD than mm-hmm. THC, on a daily basis I can probably tolerate uh, 55 milligrams of THC oil, mm-hmm. and if I'm at the 600 mark with CBD, then I mean, things have to change in, in the pricing, in the market, the pricing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple so, of other questions. Yeah. yeah uh, and and just I know I want to talk about supply. Like I want to talk about just generally. Sure. What do you recommend? What are people saying about problems with getting mm. getting uh, product when they order off uh, LPs? You know, with the rec market coming, what do you recommend people should be doing? Should they be going to that to that ordering from that side or? You know, to address this issue or not? But. Yeah, so that that so it's a great question, and frankly, it's a it's a pretty big big topic. Um, you know, I I see, you know, supply issues. Frankly, when when, when patients face them, is not so much supply issues is how they manifest themselves for that patient. Meaning, meaning, it all of a sudden becomes a health crisis. Mm-hmm. So it's very much in that in that zone. So I think number one, we have to start looking at that issue separately. Um, and it really talks to to different, you know, uh, access challenges within within the system. Because if you look at if you look at the Health Canada numbers that are, mm-hmm. are published, and Health Canada doing a great job publishing those on a monthly basis now. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the you know the patient demand, and they break it down by flour and uh, oil, 
but the you know the flour to to, to, to patient demand ratio is something like seven to one. So, so there's about seven supply to one patient demand. Yeah. So that means that there's supply, there's supply, but because of the one to one relationship that, that that patients have to have with their licensed producer, right. you're seeing supply through a very small window. So there may be supply, but you're seeing supply. Um, so we, if you don't get your strain within that supply window, then you're going to say it's a supply issue. So, you know, one of the things that I think we have to look at in a, in a bigger picture, frankly, which is that, you know, if you look at where medicine is going anyway, you're looking at sort of the, 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 the patient empowerment side of it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the system that we have today is very similar to if you if you had a credit card with, with a limit on it, mm -hmm. and, you were to, and that limit was held, held at a store, and you were told you can only use that credit limit at that store. Yeah then that by definition is a problem for you, right? And that's what we have today in the medical system because of the, you know, because because of the limit side. I think patients should be able to have the democratization, you know, and yeah. be able to shop anywhere. Yes. So I think that really is, is a bit of a system issue that is something that, the problem that is, we've yeah, got to look at. Right now, if you want to switch licensed producers, you need to contact your, your doctor right. and nurse practitioner right. and ask for them to change your prescription and right. send it to a new. Right. Uh, and, licensed producer, which, and, is, which is a hassle. And, and on that note, mm -hmm. Health Canada have made it easier. But the fact is, you're still playing whack-a-mole with li licensed producers because yeah. somebody might say, hey, that licensed producer has the strain you're looking for. You yes. go there, yes. next month they don't. Right. What are you going to do, switch again? That's right. a hassle. So it really is, yeah. and again, going back yeah. to patients are patients for a reason. They yeah. don't want to be doing this. So right. it, yeah. it really is a challenge. Yeah. Let's just do the last few questions because yeah. I think we're ending soon. Um, how do you... Do you have to disclose medical <coughs> cannabis use to your employers? What, We've heard on this lately, right? O o cannabis had a section on this. Yeah. Um, so I mean, as a, as, as a patient, you you have the right to keep it to private, keep right? it to yourself, right? right. Um, the, the real challenges come up when it, when it's a safety sen sensitive right. position. I think when it's a safety sen sensitive position, you have to look at it. So if you're a driver, a forklift yeah. driver, yeah, exactly. But I think a lot of companies now are putting in place certain requirements. Yeah, like they're, they're, they're changing policies. And, and, yeah, policies. Yeah, so yeah, I think right, those right, are those right, are evolving. Right, yeah. Right, yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah. Uh, how do we eliminate the stigma of the typical stoner mentality? So I mean, we're doing it right now. Yeah, this kind of stuff. I'm I'm high. People would call me a stoner. I've been high all day. I'll probably be high for the rest of my life. I'm not a stoner. I've worked in industry. I've done financial services. I mean, um, I, think, I, think, actually does it well. I think we just. <laughs> I think the other thing is, is you're you're using That's medical cannabis question, yeah. to not be high. You're using right, it right. to treat your symptoms right. and your 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 ailments and illnesses. So we have to start. That's right. Distinguishing it that way. But what does what does a stoner right. look like? Right. Yeah. I mean, right. I don't know. We kind of know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we know with someone struggling on opioids, we know what right. that looks like. We but definitely do we, really, do. do. we really know what a stoner looks like? I mean, they're just yeah. different people. Um, yeah. Using medication. Yeah. And the, the, the other thing too is, is that, you know, medical cannabis is, is become like it's really become an enabler for people to be able to work, be Correct. able to function, be able to make it, you know, again, that, that, it helps that is not in the, you know, in the stoner category at all. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Uh, do you want to talk about autism? Uh, uh, why don't you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I, just, I can just that say that, that yeah. you know, patients are, uh, parents are coming and saying, hey, that they're giving their children uh, CBD oil and who have autism and they're seeing great effects. So that's all I can say. It's anecdotal. Right. You know, we have to be careful. Uh, you know, we do advise and look. This, so, is, so this for, is sitting on you the know, edge. That, that's an important thing, though. I mean, this, this is where I think CBD has a has a massive benefit Huge. in 
if the risks are slow, if the psychosis it's factors low. aren't there, if, if all of these things, I mean, what's the harm? Like yeah. it, it should actually be a superfood and it should be a, as a, pre- a preventative medicine. So, I mean, and, and a lot really of the LPs the now are actually, you know, doing this important research, right? right. Collecting the data in real world practice. Right. You don't need randomized right. control trials right. to look at right. the effects of CBD in children that have autism. Genetic testing is going to yeah. be key for right. those patients. Mm-hmm. So we can collect that information in a relatively short period of time and, sure. and have the results we want. For sure. I mean, CBD is already coming to foods, right? Like just what happened with goji berries yep. and all <laughs> these new and the turmeric and all yeah. this stuff. I mean... You know, in, in two years, you you won't be able to get enough of it. Correct. Um, yeah, the, other, the, the other sort of point that we haven't touched on, but I think it's really important, is really the, the socioeconomic benefit of medical cannabis. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it more and more. I mean, the, the, the research is starting to come out. But um, and, and this is why, in a lot of ways, I, I think I think governments are and at governments at all, all levels, whether it be federal, provincial or um, uni, aren't really looking at it in the right context because, I mean, medical cannabis, again, it's an, an enabler of humans to be able to function. continue to work, right. to function, to yes. make it happen. So mm-hmm. so there's, there's, there's a lot that's really going on. So, and when you, when you tax it the, the, the way you are, you know, you're disincentivizing the use of something that actually contributes to the productivity of the nation. Mm-hmm. You know, and even at, even at the municipal level, you have less drain on, on, on social services and so on because people are well. And I think that's that, that's a whole area that we're going to have to look yeah, at. Last five minutes, so, let's do this so piece. So right? you got results? Yes. Wow. Got there you go. Drum roll. Um, so I'm okay normal for, except, <laughs> the last, except the last one. <laughs> is it okay yeah. for me to disclose? I'm asking oh, yeah. for consent. Go for it. Okay. Let's go. I'm surprised at the results. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. I'm just going to show people uh, the way the test result comes back. Yeah, so it's three three enzymes or three genes that we're looking at. The first one was um, to metabolize THC, so your CYP2C9. So you're coming back as normal. That's, so, that's good. So that means you can you're, not, metabolize. you're not a fast metabolizer. That would actually make right. sense. Right. Makes yeah. sense. So the other two, uh, the AKT1 is uh, looking at uh, um, psychosis, your risk of psychosis compounded with using um, THC and your average, so normal, not to worry about That's that. Uh, where there is a bit of a red flag <laughs> is for your comp enzyme. Uh, so a likelihood of developing memory loss, you are at wow. high risk of developing memory loss while you're using which can be a benefit, actually. Uh, yeah, well, we, 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 if we you talk about that, to, right? it's, yeah. it's normally me with the memory yeah. loss. So this would actually patient. sit with the it's patient chart, Dr. Goel. Yeah. How would you use that then? Uh, this is something that the patients at Spark would be getting. So it would go into their chart, and then yeah, and then oh, okay. as the as the you know nurse educator uh, or the physician is sitting down with the patient, would then hope it help them to guide. Okay, what type of strain are we going to recommend here? Gotcha. So I think. You know, so, so you, you've got the strain profiles and then map to yeah. understand exactly what happens correct. here. That's and based correct. on That's his huge. symptoms too. So yeah. yeah. Right. That's huge. Yeah. Is uh, James's one's coming or, or is this? I think, I, take, I don't, I think it might take a little bit longer because okay. we, we started. We might have to you on next yeah. episode then. We'll, um, but it is coming. Okay. Yeah. So if there's any, uh, what we might do is. Um, See if there's any more questions. Uh, animals. What about animals? Let's talk for two minutes about animals. Oh, I don't know about animals. I mean, I had patients. Yeah. Coming, telling me that they're giving it to their dog and yeah. he's suffering from cancer. But and, this is, and things like this. I mean, this is, this is important for me to talk about animals for 30 seconds because um, it's, it's, 
what did, what did they call it when patients uh, the the nocebo effect and all placebo. I mean the that's placebo yeah placebo nocebo and and all this kind of <laughs> I love that. words nocebo. Well, nocebo I was is, yeah. using that one that's um, a french word well that's i mean that's based around no, fearmongering and stuff but <laughs> um but what a what better way than to as long as we know that they're not harming animals so let's get out there right now and say right. that cbd is all over the place with animals and um but what better way to actually see without bias on how a medication works right um we get to see it in epilepsy mm -hmm. because we we physically see seizures going mm -hmm. away and we get to see it in autism mm -hmm. um and we get to see it in animals really mm -hmm. so I, I mean i would yeah. use the animals as just i mean great for the animal bottom um, line it's an emerging science going to give you information all right yeah. so if anybody's interested to uh come on into spark we just put your name in or direct messages in, in the group and i think we're giving away a vape for so just go ahead and put your oh. name in and oh, that's cool. great. we'll do that draw at some uh, other we'll do that separately off the off that's the great. show sure and uh, how can right. patients find you yeah, um yeah so they can go to our website cfam.ca or our don't tax medicine.ca site too to, and we'll put those up on the end of participate so in the, that. yeah for sure that's great, great. great. thank great. you so much thank you all right it's a really great. pleasure thank to you. connect thank yeah you. i really thanks. enjoyed thank chatting you. with you thanks Sandra. so much all right okay. everyone thank you so much You're see you next time bye